Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to the 16th episode of Believe in Nuggets. I am your host, Asher uh, Levy. As always, joined by my co-host, Gage Bridgeford. How you doing today, man? Doing well. Glad to be back after a couple of weeks off. Uh, we have, obviously, there's not a ton of Nuggets news going on other than uh, Eurobasket stuff, which is probably what everybody that is listening now is expecting to hear. And Eurobasket is mostly played when I'm at work, and so I'm not able to watch a ton. All I do know is that Serbia is 3-0, and and if it wasn't for uh, a guy from Bulgaria, Jokic would be, uh, like, Talk of the league, but instead, every there's one guy that is six nine that is leading every single stat, and it makes no sense to me. Yep, uh, this is not going to be a Eurobasket centric episode. There are other podcasts covering that better than we could at the moment. I've been watching Eurobasket, but I've been doing it sort of absentmindedly. Uh, if you want to see my thoughts on Eurobasket, I've I live tweeted a couple of games. I haven't been watching super attentively because I'm enjoying my downtime in the offseason before the NBA season kicks up and the draft cycle kicks up and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, go watch DNVR, go listen to Pickaxe and Roll. Those two podcasts are covering this subject better than we could. DNVR is basically a Serbian at this point, and Ryan uh, has been doing a very good job covering uh, the Serbian national team covering Eurobasket and the FIBA World Qualifiers. But uh, today, we are going to be doing uh, Nugget Superlatives. Once again, we're going to be doing uh, three new ones that we didn't do last time. And this will hopefully be the last time we have to do this, because hopefully there's some Nuggets news soon, and Media Day should happen this month. We are less than a month away from preseason games, and once those happen, we will have a lot more to talk about. So we appreciate you... Uh, taking your time with us, being patient with us uh, during this slow part of the offseason, but it is winding to a close, and we will not have to uh, put out this sort of content for too much longer. Anyways, the first superlative we'll get into today is who we think will be the unsung hero of this, uh, this year's Nuggets team. Now, I'll start with this one. And I think my pick is going to be Aaron Gordon because he caught a lot of flack last season for not being as fantastic as he could be as a second option on offense, which is not what the Nuggets asked him, brought him in to ask him to do. He was brought in to ideally be the fourth or fifth option and then be a defensive guy. And I think this season he'll get to actually fill in the role that he is supposed to be filling in, and I think he caught more slack last year than was warranted. I think he played better defense than he was given credit for. I think considering the circumstances of what he was asked to do offensively, he filled in about as well as you could have expected him to. In the playoffs, he did 
stink it up the first couple of games, but the last three games of the Warrior series, he played pretty well. He was the second best Nugget, and I think this season with Jamal Murray coming back, with Michael Porter coming back, the, those guys will rightfully get a lot of the attention, and I think people will uh, sort sort of forget about Aaron Gordon. He'll be lost uh, in the shuffle of guys, but I feel like he will be a very, very solid rock for the Nuggets. I feel like he'll be a foundational piece for them, uh, not only this season, but moving forward into the future as well. With his defense, he won't have to be the guy being asked to guard Steph Curry and Jordan Poole, and will instead be asked to guard you know, the bigger forwards or the bigger guards, and that's what the Nuggets brought him in to do. So I feel like he'll just be in a position where he's able to fill in what he should should be doing on a basketball court more you know gotta say i don't love the fact that you took aaron gordon because i thought that i was gonna have aaron gordon locked up i was like there's i was like we were talking about bruce brown before the show started that's where he's gonna go with it no you go ahead you take the guy that perfectly embodies what's probably gonna happen for to be an unsung hero i think aaron gordon like you said he's gonna just kind of fly under the radar because everyone's gonna focus on Jokic because he's Jokic. Murray and Porter are coming back, so they're going to get a lot of attention. Uh, Bruce Brown was obviously a new addition this offseason. Same thing goes for Christian Brown. Bones Highland, second year of him. There, there's going to be all this focus on all these guys that were brought in this offseason, and I think Aaron Gordon is going to be the one that's kind of going to get lost in the shuffle, and especially when I think Aaron Gordon's probably not going to have his highest scoring outputting or like output season i think that he'll probably have a down year he'll probably average between 12 to 15 is probably where i'd put him and people are going to say oh he had a terrible year he couldn't score at all it's and then it's gonna be okay well look at what he did i think he's going to be the guy like you said the defensive minded guy that's going to take on the assignment nobody else wants to deal with i think he's going to be the linchpin to their defense but to kind of add another person in here, this is a guy that I think will be a true unsung hero. It'll be Devon Reed. Devon Reed is a guy I campaigned for all last year. I loved watching him play. Uh, I was really disappointed that he wasn't on the playoff roster. I was really glad when they brought him back this offseason because I think he belongs there, and I think he fits in perfectly with what this team needs. I think he gives you a long defensive-minded guard that can shoot threes off the bench. It's all you need him to do, but he's not going to play with your starters unless there's injuries. I also think that he'll get overshadowed by Contavious Caldwell-Pope because KCP is the the newer, the high-paid guy. He's the one that you brought over in the big trade that sent out Monte Morris and Will, Bur- Will Barton. So I think Reed's going to be kind of overlooked as a result. And Devon Reed is a great, great player that know- knows how to play his role. And I think that coming, like if you have him coming off your bench and just playing, as long as he's playing his role, he's never trying to do too much. And he's probably going to be your best defensive guard, like best defensive guard off the bench right now. I mean, it's between him and Bruce Brown. And I probably going to give the nod to Reed just at this point, just because Reed does does have a slightly larger wingspan. But I think that Devon Reed is going to fly under the radar and have a great year. And I really, I mean, I couldn't fault you for the Aaron Gordon pick other than just be a little mad at you that you took who I was going to go with. Yeah, uh, I, I figured you were going to take him, so I decided I'd go first so I could take him because I think he's going to be the, the best embodiment of it. But I don't think Devon Reed's a bad shout in the, in the slightest. I think he's someone who embodies, you know, the guy who comes in, does his job, and 
people don't really he's not the flashiest guy he's not the you know obviously he's not the marquee name but uh he's a good player and he'll do good things when he touches the floor uh for the next one uh, we have to do the biggest concern and i'll let you take this one because uh i took first last time so so my biggest concern is uh, probably going to be not the most popular choice uh there's probably going to be some people that don't love it um but at the same time it's kind of the one i gotta go with it's bones highland for me um bones highland is my biggest concern for the nuggets for this season for a couple of reasons one he is still young he's only 20 he's only 22 years old uh or he will he'll be till turn 22 and uh, nine days, it looks like. Uh, his birthday's coming up right around the corner here. He's in his second season, so he's younger. I understand. I expect like I expect him to have still young growing pains, but this team is going to rely on him a lot because. So your starting five is going to be when everybody's fully healthy. It's Murray, KCP, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Jokic. That's your starting five. Then next is Bones Highland's probably your first guard off the bench. It's Bones Highland and Bruce Brown. That's your that's your one two. Like your next your next two guards off the bench, and presumably Devon Reed's your third guy. Bones is going to be relied on to generate a lot of offense for that second unit, and there are. While I think that Bones can, when he gets hot, he can just absolutely torch the net. Like there's no doubt about that. There are games when he just gets absolutely ludicrously hot and lights it up. But there are also times when he tries to do a little too much when he's out there. Uh, he. Can just he spooks me a little bit at times when he starts like I understand the confidence he and in order to play in the NBA you got to have confidence you can't you can never think that you're not great and you don't belong there but there are times when I think he can be trying to do a little too much I mean he only shot 34 percent from three point range in the playoffs he shot 36 percent during the season and I think that that was somewhat elevated because he had a number of games where it felt like he would hit like maybe one shot early and then if then he would hit a slump and then just keep trying to shoot his way through it. And he only shot 40% from the floor last year. And his three-point shot was not his biggest strength when he was in college. And it obviously it wasn't as it wasn't his best strength last year. So if he like if he comes out and proves me wrong and hits the ground running, great. But I just if he gets into a shooting slump, that second unit could flounder a little bit because he's going to have to provide a fair bit of shooting for them. Uh, and so Bones Highland is my biggest concern as things stand currently. I can certainly understand the concern with Bones. Uh, I am someone who is high on Bones. Uh, I I think that the second unit relies a, a hell of a lot on him, but I think he'll be able to handle that pretty well. And I think he will... Uh, I think he's going to grow as like a, just a basketball player in general. You know, I think he'll be more uh, under control this season. But I think part of the appeal of Bones is his, you know, he pulls from 30 feet. He makes the wild pass that, that keeps the defense guessing. And I, I think it's fair to be a little concerned because the Nuggets are placing a lot of pressure onto him because outside of him on the bench, there's not really, you know, much shot creation. But I, my biggest concern would be uh, specifically Michael Porter Jr.'s health. Uh, not Michael Porter Jr. as a player, because we know what he brings. Uh, as you were mentioning before we uh, started recording, uh, the last 
17 games of the 2020-2021 uh, season after Jamal Murray got hurt. He was averaging 23.5 points a game on 70.2% true shooting, which is absolutely befuddling. Uh, those are ludicrous numbers. <laughs> like, the efficiency that he can produce when he gets on the floor is absurd. The concerns with him, though, are defensive concerns, and those have not been uh, silenced at any point in his career. And injury concerns, because he's coming off of, I believe, his third back operation. And that is big. You know, he's 6'10", coming off of a back surgery, and which is, you know, not, not great. And you have to hope that he stays healthy for the Nuggets to really feel fantastic about uh, themselves as a contender because they are far better with Michael Porter Jr. on the court. Uh, but you kind of wonder if he'll be able to stay on the court at this current moment in time. And then defensively, he you have to hope he has improved on that end instinctually uh, just knowing where to be. You have to hope that he doesn't get backdoored every other possession uh, and targeted in the playoffs. And I'm not entirely sure if that has happened. I, I, you know, rehab, you have to focus a lot on the actual rehabilitation of your body. And I don't know how much time that would have left him with uh, to, you know, really put in a ton of time into the defensive work. But I don't have any concerns about him as like a work ethic from a work ethic perspective, he is a competitor. He wants to win. He wants to be on the floor. Uh, and I'm not here to say otherwise. Uh, and I sure hope that he plays as well as I know he can. But, yeah. Obviously, that concern is quite valid. We've, as you point out, Porter Jr. MPJ has struggled with health uh, throughout his career thus far. There's no two ways around that. He has been in and out of the lineup, like we're just constantly waiting for him to be out there at the same time as everybody else. And then, then when he is healthy, we're waiting on everybody else to join him because it just seems like every time you turn around, there's another player that's missing from this Nuggets roster. It's whether it's Murray or it's or it's Gordon or Jokic for 10 games or MPJ has been in and out. And like we all saw that five that that st- short stretch between like after Aaron Gordon joined and then the five man lineup that played for all of 20 minutes between Gordon, Jokic, Barton, Porter and Murray. Like we all saw it it was one of the best in the NBA if I remember correctly they had a top 10 um net rating uh between both ends of the floor. They Actually, I found the exact lineup I was looking for while I was uh, kind of stalling there. So in five games, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. played 117 minutes together. They had 126.4 offensive rating and a 108.2 defensive rating for a net rating of 18.2. That's pretty damn good. But Porter Jr.'s back does matter a lot. Um, If he is able to stay out there, That'll be just, if he's out there and he's fully healthy, he might still lack on the defensive end, but it, just him being out there makes 
the team's offense completely different because a guy that shoots 48.9% in the yeah, 48.9% from three-point range in the 17 games after Jamal Murray was injured at the end of the 2020-2021 season. That's those are that's that's absurd. Like you already pointed out, 70.2% true shooting was just nuts. Um, but yeah, he does have to show that he can stay out there uh, for longer than a few games at a time. Yeah. Uh, and then our last category will be a bounce back player. And we're sort of excluding Jamal Murray from this because he didn't even get to play last year, so it wouldn't be really a bounce back. Uh, I mean, he'd also be a very obvious choice. So uh, with this one, I'll, I'll go with Zeke Naji. I am uh, a big Zeke Naji guy, as, as you are well aware of. But uh, I think last season he didn't, he was getting opportunity finally, and as soon as he really got roll, the ball rolling, uh, it got kind of snatched away from him. You know, he got he was dealing with the bilateral knee soreness uh, that kept him out until uh, game eighty two of the season, and this season there's he's gonna get an opportunity, I think, because. You look at the bench bigs, and would you rather play Zeke Nashi or DeAndre Jordan? And I, I would definitely. Well, say- if you are, if the front office has told us anything, they brought in DeAndre Jordan, so clearly that's their guy. Yeah, uh, and if that's the case, then I have some questions about that. But uh, Zeke Nashi specifically, I feel better about as a five this season than I would have seasons past because he's put on a lot of muscle. It, if you've seen recent photos and videos from like the Red Rocks workout that they just had a little while ago. It looks like he's put on a good 10 to 15 pounds of muscle and he looks a lot bigger. That'll help him with screening and rebounding. He improved as an offensive rebounder a lot last season, but his defensive rebounding was still a little lackluster. But I think this season he will really get to uh, refine the, the edges around his game, which is, you know, being a good perimeter defender for his size, being able to move his feet really well, being a knockdown shooter. I think that he will provide very important utility to the bench unit uh, with being able to guard probably two through five uh, consistently. I think he's very switchable. I think that he provides you with the versatility that you can do a lot of different things defensively as far as game plans and schemes go with the bench unit as opposed to the starters where you are kind of restricted by Jokic's you know foot speed you are kind of restricted by uh, his mobility a little bit on that end into either blitz or drop with Zeke you can maybe throw out different coverages that you can't really throw out very often and throw off the opponent you know uh, and then on offense he developed a good chemistry with Bones Highland last season I expect that'll be a big factor of the bench's offense this season. And he is a fantastic floor spacer. He shot, I think, 47% from three last season. He is, uh, if he's open, it's three points, basically. And I feel really good about Zeke going into the season. If he can remain healthy, if he can get consistent playing time, I think he will be a really good piece for this Nuggets bench rotation. Yeah, obviously love the Zeke Naji shout-out. Despite some brief issues in uh, April or May, I was a fan of him all of last season. I thought that he 
could have been, if it wasn't for that nagging knee injury, I think that he could have been a strong contributor to a team to this team. As you said, he shot forty six point three percent from three point range on the year. And I think that was even, I mean, that was weighed down by the fact that he went 0 for 4 from 3 in the final game against the Lakers. Like, So if you take that away, he definitely was above the 47% mark. He was nearly automatic uh, from outside. We saw the game against the Knicks on December where he lit it up. I was actually, I was in the car on my way to the airport to leave uh, Denver after being there for about a week. And I'm all I'm seeing on my phone is I'm getting texts from Ryan that Zeke Naji's going off because he knew that I was a Zeke Naji fan. And then I'm checking ESPN and just, it's Zeke Naji 3. Zeke Naji, it just, it's gone. I'm like, okay, what the heck is happening? And why am I not able to watch the game? So I love the Zeke Naji shout out. I think that he's in a great spot for a bounce back year. I think that he definitely deserves to be in that second unit. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put anybody over him right now. I would probably, if I was putting the second unit together right now, it'd be, Bones, Reed, Brown, Zeke, and then you can put Jeff Green out there as your small ball five if you want, or if Christian Brown shows some promise, maybe he cracks into that, but he probably doesn't. So right now I'm probably just going to go Jeff Green as my five and um, have him and Zeke as a smaller front court, but that's how we're, that's how I'd go with it. But my, big, my bounce back candidate is the aforementioned Michael Porter Jr. I think that as long as he can stay healthy – the guy, as I said before, he absolutely transforms your offense into just – he just makes everything so much easier because a guy that is 6'10", can shoot from anywhere. He has three-point range that just continues to go on. I'm going to just reiterate those stats again. After In 17 regular season games after Murray went down, 23.5 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, 1.5 assists per game, 56% from the floor – 48.9% from three and 70.2% from true shooting. And he also did that while taking an average of eight threes per game. So it's not even just that, oh, he's just, he's making easy dunks. That's how he's averaging so many points. No, he's averaging eight threes a game and knocking down 50% of them. So 12 of his points are coming from far away from the basket. And he was not taking just easy shots either. There's, there's some pretty difficult shots that he was knocking down. And the guy just transforms the offense when he's on the floor. He's able to hit step backs. He, if I think that we saw a little bit of his ability to handle the ball uh, in that fine in the like a little bit at the beginning of the year, but also at the end of the previous season, I really want to see if that has developed at all. Uh, there are I do have concerns about his defense. There's no two ways around that. But if he can come out and show even more on the offensive end in terms of like if he's able to be an on the ball threat, not and not just a off the ball spot up shooter. I think that just makes him even more deadly on that end, which then wears out his defense, which would then wear out his matchup for the other end of the floor. And then that makes his life a little easier. Yeah. He'd have to expend more energy, but when you're sharing the floor with Murray and Jokic, and then you have Aaron Gordon cutting and KCP also running around as a true off the ball threat, Porter's not going to have to handle it all, all game long. He's going to be able to have those possessions where he's just spotting up and gets to shoot an open three because that's how this offense is going to work. So MPJ is my guy that I think can bounce back. I, we saw last year, 35, 36% from the floor, 20.8% from three point range, only 56% on threes and are on free throws. And that's being generous. I think that he is much better than we saw that. I think that that back injury that he dealt with 
that ultimately took him out for the year. I think it was way worse than he let on. Like the fact that he was able to play at all was probably astounding. Like I'm sure that we're going to hear about at some point this season when he has that first big game and they kind of talk to him. Are you fully back from whatever it was that held you out last year? We're going to find out the extent of just how difficult that injury was to deal with. And the fact that he was able to play for nine games was just a testament to how tough of a player he is. Yeah, he's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with multiple surgeries, but he played through an injury that I'm sure the rest of us would be sitting on the couch every single day if we had to deal with it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Michael will have a, a great opportunity this season. I think he'll blow blow people's socks off with how good he will be just because he finds the ebbs and flows in the offense. He knows where the de- holes in the defense are. He's a great cutter. Like you said, shoots the skin off the ball. Uh, and with that being said, that sort of wraps up this uh, episode of Believe in Nuggets. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find uh, my work on Twitter at Ashley NBA. You can find Gage's work on, on Twitter as well, GBridge for NFL. Those will be linked in the episode notes. Uh, you can find both of our work on the Nuggets uh, written uh, on Stiffs. Uh, and with that being said, uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate it and have a good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.